Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Marler, who is the host of College Football Uncensored, also a content director for Saturday Down South, also a comedian, also just an all-around decent human being who's an unbiased member of the media, which is what we always like having here on Out of Bounds. So, Chris, appreciate you joining us on today's show, man. How you doing? Perfect timing. I know, like you said, four oh five is when we were going to do this. It was very specific, and I didn't know why. And then at four oh six, my dog started barking uncontrollably at the uh, Amazon package at the front door. So it's really good timing, and I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm glad that we got that out of the way. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? It's just uh, perfect timing and and getting you on before the dog starts barking because that's never happened on this show ever when we've had a guest <laughs> on. Uh, but, uh, but no, man, it was good hanging out with you and good meeting you last week in person there at SEC Media Days. And I know that uh, you're a guy that's been covering college football a long time and having Media Days in Nashville and everything. It's just kind of feels like once that happens, man, Everything starts shifting over to fall camp and getting started, and there's just a, a whole new vibe and a whole new feeling out in the air whenever it gets really going. Yeah, honestly, agreed on all of that. Um, for one, Nashville is a blast. Like, I, like, part of me wants them to do it in Nashville every year. Part of me, from like a, like a productivity standpoint, wants them to like maybe never do it in Nashville again because I had way too good of a time in Nashville. If they ever do the thing in New Orleans, we're all in trouble. I'll say that for sure. Um, but no, like, like looking at like the, the way that schedule sets up in the off season, it, it kind of reminds me of like a roller coaster. Cause like you're just sitting here in like the, just the drudges of the off season and, and waiting and waiting and waiting. You start these like, you know, the countdowns, you, you see that like maybe like a hundred days of college football and start getting a little bit excited. But once you hit media days, it's kind of like being at the top of that coaster because the rest of the, the off season kind of comes at you fast. You got about four or five weeks and, and you know, fall camp will be starting all that kind of stuff. And there's like some pretty good storylines in the SEC this year. What are some of those storylines and any surprises that came out of SEC media days for you? I would say um, the storylines, I think like the biggest one from like a contending standpoint is probably the Bama quarterback situation. I think that's a big deal. Um, some of the other, like, like I I'm, I'm, would be more focused on like the, Football storylines. I'm not going to get into the Georgia off the field stuff. I thought Kirby Smart handled a lot of uh, of, of his press conference really well, um, and loved that he figured out a new quote of motivation um, to, to hang in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. But I think what I was like, I was really kind of taken aback by how vocal Lane Kiffin was with some of the NIL stuff. And I don't think that's going to be a huge issue once the season starts. I mean, but I do think that he's like a better vessel for that message than somebody like Saban because he's younger. He's probably more likable. Uh, which is something I never thought I'd say a decade ago, um, and probably a little bit more more in common with the people that it's impacting. So, Chris, uh, I know that uh, you fancy yourself a comedian, which you are a pretty funny what? guy, and you have, of course, SEC Media Days for a long time used to be a, lo- a lot of silliness, you know, whether it was Spurrier or Miles, you know, and people complain like I do. It's like this is not the same as it used to be. It doesn't feel like it has the same humor surrounding it. Do you still find humor, though, at SEC Media Days? Maybe just the absurdity of it all? Isn't that pretty funny at times? I, you know, honestly, I love Media Days because it's like a chance to really get to see so many people in like the, the industry that you never get to see like, except for online for, for most of the year. Um I, I I just try my best to not take myself too seriously, and that's not something that I really struggle with doing, um, because I you know it's like what's the fun of that? I think like we're all fans of the game. We all start out fans at some point. We all have that in common. But the whole just hoity-toity, buttoned-up, big J journalist stuff 
that I, we, I think we run into every year. That part is, is always comical to me. Like I, I asked, I asked Kirby Smart a question and I followed it up by making a joke about saying how the person next to me said they were going to go seven and five. And admittedly, the joke did not land because Kirby pretended like he didn't hear it. But like, you know, last year talking about Brian Kelly and the, the, uh, what do you call it? His accent. And then like, I think I mentioned something to Stan Pittman about his record against the spread. Like those, those types of like questions where it's a little more laid back and fun. Cause I guarantee you the coaches are real tired about talking about the depth chart and real tired about talking about the same stuff that they're going to have to give coach people for the next four or five months. So I just, I don't understand why we don't, you know, I, I, I have a shaved head. It's not a very good point here, but let our hair down a little bit. It's just, that's not great for me, the visual, but you know what I'm trying to say. What's the best part of media days for you? I mean, it's karaoke with John. John, oh, I mean, he's for, without a doubt. Uh, him and Barrett's <laughs> Karaoke night is like the best part of the week. Um, I would say outside of that, I always am very humbled that like some of the people that, because I've only been doing this for about five or six years, and, and I didn't get a degree in journalism by any means. I had the Stetson Bennett route um, for most of my college days. But uh, getting getting to be in like the same room and, and, and being like peers and, and, and now friends with a lot of the same people that I admired and read and watched and listened to, and that sounds super creepy when it's out of context, but you guys know what I'm saying, um, from people in the media. That part is always really, really cool for me. And the other part is, like, it's kind of the last time before the season starts that you get, like, the coaches and players in a setting that is laid back and casual and not something where it's like, oh, God, we've got to walk on eggshells if we ask this question or he's going to be pissed if we say this or, or, or like anything like that. And you're not talking about game week or anything. It's, it's, it's like that part is my favorite part, getting to see – some of the personalities actually come out. Like, when are you gonna get? When are you gonna get to hear Nick Saban talk about cake? Is that like front page news? Absolutely not. But I mean, it's 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 still pretty fun. So let me ask you this: just simply, Sam Pittman. When you hear Sam Pittman, what do you think of Sam Pittman? What's your thought on Sam Pittman? I tell you what, he's I, I love Sam Pittman. I always call Shane Beamer skinny Sam Pittman um, <laughs> because he. I mean, he's he's the most likable coach in the SEC. It's so difficult. Like, I know people don't always, you know, necessarily like like muscle men and things like that, but, like, Arkansas has hands down the most likable football coach in probably the country, if we're being honest. And and I love what he's been able to do there in such a short amount of time. And think about this, too. Think about the fact that, like, you go from, like, one extreme to the other in likability and success with Chad Morris to this. I, I love what Pitt is doing there, and I really hope that he's a guy that's, like, a mainstay in this conference as, as a head coach for a long time, because, you know, I know the schedule's tough every year for Arkansas. It seems like it's always a top five strength of schedule. But that's a guy that's really navigated that whole thing really well. And you look at last year, even last year going seven, six, now there's three, there's three games where they lost on the one yard line, basically. Like, you know, they're, they're a couple of plays from being nine and three again last year. So I love Pittman. I think he's, probably the most enjoyable and relaxed person to be around. Like if they're the coaches I want to have a beer with most, Pittman's at the top. Chris, you made some references to Kirby Smart, Stetson Bennett, and you even have your location listed as ATL with another description. So is that where you're from, <laughs> or is that just kind of where you've been working the past few years? Yeah, so actually I just moved to Columbia, South Carolina, because apparently I just, like, love heat and humidity more than anything. Because I've, I've lived in Atlanta for most of my life. I tell you what, guys, like, listen, I didn't grow up a Georgia fan. You live in Atlanta for most of your life, and Georgia went back-to-back natties, and I had to get out of there. It was just, it was a, like, you think Georgia Twitter's bad. 
my goodness, seeing the real person every day was, was too tough for me. So, no, I moved, I moved over to Columbia, South Carolina to be closer to some family and stuff like that. And um, I've enjoyed it, man. I miss Atlanta because I love Atlanta. But, um, yeah, I like it over here a lot. So is there a connection to one particular SEC school that, that you have? Or is it just oh, kind of generic and you're like, hey, I, I, I love all college football, all SEC schools. You know, you're going to – I love everybody. So, you know, if you follow my Twitter, you know that I don't love everybody. That's very <laughs> – that you'll, you'll get that right off the bat. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, so if we're going to out me as, like, who my team is, I will be a self-admitted 85% Alabama fan. My whole family is from the state of or state of Alabama. Grew up in Anniston. Uh, I was the first one in my family born out of the state, which is kind of like the jackpot, if you ask me. So that was always nice. Um, but I played baseball in school. Didn't in college. Didn't go to Alabama to play because um, I wasn't good enough. But I grew up a Bama fan. I've, I've loved college football more than anything. Like since I was like four years old. So <laughs> this is any kind of gatekeeping for fandom. Because I know people love to do that on social media about how if you didn't go to school there, you can't be a fan. I don't know what to tell you. I'm too far in. I, I wish that I wasn't a Bama fan for a lot of reasons, mainly because of our fan base. But but here I am. With your mix of media and comedy, how did you get into doing each one of them? So stand-up I've always wanted to do since I was like a kid. Um, and then my friends forced me to do it because um, I just wasn't ever going to sign up. And did it, and it was just one of those things. As soon as I hit, like, got on stage, it just felt like, you know, kind of like home, and it felt really good and natural. And so I did that for about, or doing that for about 11 years. Um, I don't do it as much anymore because I really do enjoy this more. Uh, but yeah, so then with, with college football stuff, I this is like the whitest thing imaginable. I, but like, I just I had my own blog um, in like 2015. In 2016, and I remember, I think, like, our, our president, my dog says hello, our president of Center on South, Kevin Duffy, came in to where I was working at the time, which was just bartending. And just, I heard him say something about college football, and I hijacked the conversation. Somehow we hit it off well, and just by chance and by luck, um, he had run across, like, my blog at some point and asked if I wanted to do any freelance or SDS, and so Saturday on South hired me in 2017. And then I became full-time in 2018. So it's like really, really lucky. Very, very lucky. Um, but very, very grateful and, and happy to be where I'm at. So is there a certain, like, comedian you kind of look up to or try to not, not mimic yourself completely, like, stealing content, but just, you know, somebody that you look at and you're like, yeah, I, I could I could pull off some sort of act like that? Carrot Top, for sure. Um, <laughs> there no, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of, like, really good comedians. Like John Mulaney's new special is really great. Tom Segura's hilarious. I love Bo Burnham. Um, there's, I mean, there's just a lot of great teams. I'll tell you what's cool is like with social media and the way everything's working with TikTok and, and, and Instagram Reels, like there's so many more people able to get out um, and kind of become, I don't want to say like micro celebrities, but kind of get more famous. Because in the past, man, like what you had to do with comedy was, comedy is not easy because it's not like music where if I, if I know three, like chords on a guitar, I can just go play Wonderwall like as many times as possible at like, like a local bar. Like you can't just go up and like recycle someone else's jokes and make a career off that. But it used to be so much more difficult because you'd have to be in these like clubs and these open mics and hopefully you get picked up to go on like a road and then you have to go, you know, not get paid like hardly anything, travel all over these like, like I don't want to do comedy in Topeka. Like, I never <laughs> wanted to do that. Um, 
but yeah, so then, you know, I, I, I think it's been a lot of fun watching that whole thing evolve and see people kind of finally get um, the attention that right of what they're worth. What social media platform do you enjoy most or which one is best suited for putting <laughs> your content out? Uh, I mean, I would say Twitter. If you would ask me this question literally 24 hours ago, I would have had a much different answer because I, I've lost, I lost one account on Twitter because of a bad April Fool's joke. And then yesterday my account got suspended, which I had no idea why. Um, I, if I was ranking them, my least favorite is Facebook for sure. Like Facebook <laughs> has just become like one long Thanksgiving dinner with your aunt and uncle you never want to talk to. That's all Facebook is. Um, Twitter is, is by far my favorite. It's also the most toxic and, and awful one. It's probably why I'm drawn to it. It's like, you know, if it was a person, I'd probably try to date it at this point with how toxic it is. Um, but Instagram, I, you know, people seem to be a lot nicer there. Um, and plus then you can mess with the filters. So I don't have to, you know, try to pretend like I have a jawline anymore. <laughs> well, don't keep us in suspense here, Chris. So uh, the April fool's joke you referred. What, no. what, what happened there, man? It, listen, this is like a very throwaway joke. I made a joke about a Kirby Smart sex tape, and, and it was up for like an hour and a half. And it was very regrettable and very stupid, and I fully understand that. But did I deserve to lose an account I've had for 13 years with like almost 10,000 followers? No, probably not. Probably not. But you live, you learn. Um, thanks a lot, Elon. I know he's a big fan of your show, and he's probably listening right now. But uh, yeah, it was not my best. But again, it was like, it was like an hour and a half. So I had to start a new one. You guys can go follow at Burn Funquist. Um, Burn without the E. It's V-E-R-N. You'll love it for like roughly 30 minutes. And, and I'm, I'm very, I'm fun in moderation. So now when did this happen? And, and um, like, you know, uh, how, how did you go about trying to rebuild it as far as some of those followers finding you now? I, so that's a loaded question. It happened on April 1st. Um, of this year of this year okay. yeah i and like again it was a dumb it was a dumb decision it was, and it wasn't that great of a joke like i remember looking at it i was like this is not getting anywhere close to the amount of likes that i thought it would get i'm gonna take it down and so then i'm like going the whole process of like which profile picture should i choose so i look good in my profile pic and i'm like going through all that and then like i find out like oh that's not gonna be an option for you chris because we have suspended your account uh the funny part was it was like <laughs> when you get your account suspended, you can appeal it. And I had never been in trouble for on Twitter. So it was like, oh, they're, they're going to give it back. It'll be fine. And they're going through all like the, the steps of like, all right, here's like, there's three tiers of, of like, you know, punishment. Like, so it's like, first one's like, you get suspended for like 24 hours. You got to do this to fix it. Next one's like a week. And you got to do this to fix it. And like the third one's like permanent suspension, which is, by the way, not what suspended even means. The so permanent suspension should not be the same sentence. But... So then you have to like go through all the things to fix it. And I, I submitted like uh, an appeal, and it's like, all right, it's going to take five to seven business days, it's like like usual. Uh, and it took roughly ten minutes to be like, now nah, we're good. You're you're going to stay suspended. So um, how I got it back, I don't know. Just charm and, and good good looks, I guess. That's a lie. That is absolutely a lie. Hey. I, I I think I probably just got lucky. Well, I was about to say, when you're uh, getting the follows, like I saw you tweet earlier, that Curvy Smart ended up following you on Twitter, that you must be doing something right and getting back your audience. I mean, all-time all time great Twitter handle there. 
<laughs> curvy smart for like a, for like a really attractive girl. Curvy smart. That's. I mean, like I thought Vern Funquist was really good. I was gonna go with Rizzy McGuire, but at 37, that just doesn't really roll off the tongue or make a lot of sense for me anymore. Um, but yeah, Kirby Smart is that's an all-time name. Well, honestly, you what you should do is you should get compile a list where every time a Twitter account gets suspended or permanently suspended, as you put it, uh, just have like uh, plays off of uh, SEC coaches that sound funny and just or something like that. You know, just have a list ready just in case. I love that. I love that. It's a really good idea. I have to start writing down as many puns as possible. It's like I mean, we are still in the off season, so it's not like I have that much going on. How'd you settle on Vern Funkwas? I tell you what, we were at Media Days in 2018. We, we're getting to know each other, so I don't feel bad for saying this. Media Days 2018 or 19? I think it was 19 because it was in Birmingham, so it's 2019. And uh, I had finished off. I think we drank Gabriel's out of White Claw the night before, which is not something now that I say it out loud that I should be proud of. But at the time, it, it felt like a, a feat of accomplishment um, that I would put on a resume for sure. And I had to change my Twitter handle. And it was going to be that or it was going to be Claw Feinbaum. And I went with Vern Funquist instead. And it was a much better idea. Because if I had to sit there with like a pun about seltzers and Paul Feinbaum to this day, I would probably have already retired. Yeah, I don't know how that would uh, that would carry over, especially uh, you know as, as seltzers. It's it, they're around here, but you know how long are White Claws going to be around? Like you don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, that guy's funny from four years ago, back when White Claws were right. a thing. You know, you want to keep up to date and current. I get it. I totally get it. But uh, I, what I've learned about comedy, you have to like the best jokes are the ones that you have to constantly explain. And if you can do that on Twitter about your handle and your name, that's even better. Yeah. It's like it's like having the best of both worlds there, where people can look at your handle and they're like, "All right, it all makes sense now. I know exactly what I'm getting if I'm following this person." So exactly, yeah, it exactly. all it all comes together. So, well, uh, man, I know we just got out a minute with you, but as far as uh, the SEC football side of things, how do you see it just overall playing out this season? Everyone's got Georgia, and I know you have a big fandom of Georgia. So, uh, is that just how it's going to be? Anything exciting? Anything you predict that you feel like it's going to be pretty wild? So, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'll be called a homer for this. I, I, I think Georgia's not going to get beat in the regular season. There's just nobody on that schedule that, that's anywhere close to where they are. And that's not necessarily their fault. They try to schedule Oklahoma. And if we're being honest with ourselves, like, does a trip to Norman to play six and seven Oklahoma from a year ago really, like, make you feel great about, like, the strength of schedule? It's, I mean, it's better than Ball State, but still. So, I, I don't see anybody on that schedule that is – is going to challenge them until they get to Atlanta. I will say, I, you call me a homer all you want, but, like, I'm just not sold on the LSU is is now, like, the the champ of the SEC. Like, they are obviously the defending champions of the SEC West. The idea that they are just here to stay and they're going to consistently, you know, just consistently be the team to beat in the West, I just don't see that. I know they return a ton of, on offense, like 10 starters coming back, and they're going in from year one to year two, which usually makes the biggest jump.